This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome into GKW. Excited to break down everything going on inside the squared circle. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Jonathan Hood and Brian Rowitz. It is WrestleMania week, but that WrestleMania week does not just mean WWE. Of course, so many shows that go on around WrestleMania in the greater Dallas area. Uh, Ring of Honor putting on a big card on Friday before WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. But really the biggest story, I think, still right now in all of professional wrestling is where's Cody Rhodes? Is he going to be debuting? Is he going to be that mystery opponent for Seth Rollins and be one of the main events on Saturday at WrestleMania? Where where do you think, Jonathan Hood, where is Cody coming down? Well, Gabe, he has two choices. Either he's going to be at WrestleMania or we're going to see Jinder Mahal or Veer actually will be coming. I've never, I've, I've been anticipating a wrestler coming for a long time. We've been waiting for Veer to come. He still hasn't come yet. So it's either going to be Cody or one of those two. Um, I, I like your idea that you mentioned to us before in that if Cody's not going to be there at WrestleMania, it'll be a letdown for everybody that's going to be in Dallas. But he could be that guy on Monday Night Raw that comes out of nowhere. Because look at it from this standpoint. So think about this, Brian. What if... What if Cody Rhodes takes on Seth Rollins? Who's going to win that match? It will, will Seth take the fall or will Cody lose? Now, the old school would be the new guy that comes in has got to take the fall. He's got to lose first, right? Is Cody going to lose on his first night? That's why I believe that Gabe is right when he says it very well could be Monday Night Raw for the debut for Cody. Yeah, I agree. And I think the interesting part now is, you know, the rumors are out there about Shane McMahon possibly coming back this weekend. And that was always according to what we've read, the plan for Mania is going to be Rollins for Shane. But I think there is still a way to work it. Like, imagine Rollins goes out there, he's cutting his promo, talking about what he's going to do. Shane's music hits. The place is not happy. Jerry's world is not happy that it's Shane McMahon. <laughs> he's doing his part talking about how he's, you know, part of the first family of wrestling. But then the lights hit. And then you hear that there's more than one royal family in wrestling. And then the Cody part happens. I haven't thought about your aspect, Jay Hood. I agree. I don't know who wins. I think Cody, because I think he can, you know, sort of move more with it. But I think it has to be this weekend, because if it's not, how does this show recover after that? Like all that heat on whoever comes out that isn't Cody. How do you follow that the rest of the night? You guys, so you guys are 100 percent convinced. Do you think Cody is indeed with WWE? Yes. Yes. Because somehow. So here's the thing, like they have done absolutely nothing, nothing storyline that makes sense for Cody to show up, right? They've done nothing. They've absolutely done nothing. Meanwhile, I have talked myself into somehow Ring of Honor better booking a spot for Cody Rhodes because they have a mystery opponent ready that's going to be managed by Tully Blanchard. So you could easily, okay, Cody leaves AEW. That means he leaves Arn behind. He now aligns himself as more of a heel with Tully Blanchard in Ring of Honor. That is more work in a 30-second promo for the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor on Friday night than WWE has done for Cody Rhodes. You see what wrestling does to us. You see what happens. Like we have like, like, so here's what happens. So Gabe's got this board, right? And he's got like a connection. Cody's face is on the top, connected to Tony Khan, connected to Vince McMahon, connected to Tully Blanchard, connected over here, ROH, AEW, question marks. I mean, it's a whole NCIS deal. This is what we're doing right now, right? We're trying to connect the dots. 
I believe that Cody's going to be in the WWE. And, and, and I think that's probably the best booking, if I'm booking it is, is that he shows up after Seth Rollins' match, whatever that match is. If they're not going to wrestle, Cody's got to show up in Dallas. I mean, the Rhodes family is synonymous with Texas, so he's got to be there. If not, he's going to be there on Monday Night Raw. Usually that's when crazy things happen. So either way, I think Rhodes definitely has inked a deal with the WWE. It's just that they've been playing hokey pokey on exactly when is he going to be there. But think about it. If he wrestles, does he lose the first night? That's why I think he just shows up. And that's the funny part. Like, WWE does plenty of stuff that deserves criticism. To your point, Gabe, they haven't done anything to tease us about Cody. The internet has done that. Wrestling fans, we've done that. But they're going to get so much hate if Cody isn't there this weekend. And, like, that's not really fair to them or the wrestlers, but it's sort of the world we live in right now. No, it's 100% the, the world that we live in. And here's the problem. I, I keep thinking about this because I think Gable Stevenson is going to make his debut in the WWE the Monday after WrestleMania. I think that's going to be the big debut for the hot NIL prospect that they signed fresh off his NCAA wrestling championship. So I think that's when Gable Stevenson shows up. So is Cody also going to show up on, on, on Monday night raw if he doesn't show up on Saturday, because then he's going to be out. You know, the, the bigger reveal is going to be Gable Stevenson to me in that situation. Cause they're probably going to push Stevenson to the moon right from the get go. So by delaying Cody as much as they have, I think that they're putting themselves in a really tough situation to make him and them look good whenever he ends up debuting, whether it's on Saturday, whether it's on Monday. Now, see the difference, Gabe, between Cody Rhodes and CM Punk? Like, CM Punk was the worst kept secret in the business. Everybody knew CM Punk was coming. I was there at the United Center in Chicago to see it. Everybody knew he was coming. They just didn't know when, right? When will he be at the beginning of the card, back of the card, in the middle. They just didn't know. But everybody knew. And even CM Punk said, like, everybody knew I was coming, so it wasn't a big secret. But same thing here with Cody. It's all internet conjecture, and there's really been no teases here and there because the WWE doesn't play do business that way. AEW's a lot more clandestine, even not like Tony Storm the other night. We knew Tony Storm was signed with AEW, just don't know when she was coming. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how the WWE is going to play this. I just, I'm going to wait and see, but I think it's going to be cool when he comes out. My whole thing is, we know he's going to be there. But whole, the whole thing, Brian, is like, how will he be booked? I'll just say it right now on GKW right now. That guy's going to be in face paint in nine months or less. He's going to be stardust in nine months or less. Like, I'm just, I'm like, like you, you know, this is going to be the whole John Morrison thing all over again. Like, John, damn it, you've been all over the globe. You've, you've been a Lucha Underground here, and you've been over here to this company and play and wrestle in Mexico. You know what? You should team with the Miz. That's a great idea. Wait, I've been gone. I've been pro I proved myself as a single. What happened there, right? So look for Cody to be in face paint, looking like a cat in a year or less in this company. I completely agree with that. And then the other thing they have to worry about is we've seen it the last few years when they have that WrestleMania moment. And I know they try so hard, the announcers, that everything is a WrestleMania moment. You know, Happy Corbin hit the clothesline, and it's a WrestleMania moment. But the last few years when they have that moment, Nothing else touches it. The Hardys coming out, Daniel Bryan coming back, Kofi winning the title. Cody coming out this weekend is going to be the moment. And I don't think anything else even comes close to touching it. And that's why you think about, you know, booking it. You mentioned the CM Punk aspect that opened that rampage. Where do you even put this on the card? Does it open Saturday or do you have Rollins versus someone else on Saturday and say, oh, what? I'm going to come out Sunday also. I'm going to work both nights of Mania, and you keep teasing along that way. Like, I feel like there has to be some strategy in regards to where you place it when it does happen. 
So Cody is the hottest thing right now in wrestling, in our opinion. But what else do we have? We get into something we call the three count. Three stories we're really hot on this week. Brian, what's our first question this week in the three count? Number one, AEW uh, with a big show this weekend. So guys, who's the hottest wrestler or angle going right now in AEW? For me, it's it's the Blackpool Combat Club. Like when the music for John Moxley hits, when Wild Thing hits, people absolutely love it. They love seeing him do his thing. When that music hits for Daniel Bryan, you hear Flight of the Valkyrie, him coming out with uh, William Regal. People absolutely love it. And they continue to tease who are they going to add to that faction. So I think as over as those two are, and they continue to be featured each and every week, to me, I mean, and I've got a long list of things here, but the Blackpool Combat Club, it is the most fun I'm having on Wednesday nights, on Friday nights, when I'm watching AEW. Gabe, that might be the case, but for me, it's got to be Wardlow, right? The biggest guy in a dress shirt that I've seen in a long time in Wardlow, because Wardlow, I could have swore, like, I didn't see him in the world title picture. I didn't know if that was going to be this year or next year, but he gets so much applause and people want him to be able to throttle MJF. The one thing about AEW is, is they like to take their time with storylines. It's not, I hate you, you hate me. We wrestle in two weeks in a pay-per-view. They like to stretch things out old school, which I love, right? Because it's episodic. You see week to week how stuff builds. I see Warlord yesterday in Columbia, South Carolina, and that guy was coming down the aisle and he was trying to get after MJF. People are all about it, right? I mean, he, I mean, when he comes out there with that powerbomb symphony, when he comes out there and he could be in there for a match for five minutes or for 10 minutes, people are into him, his look, because it's new and fresh. So I, right now, I just think that whatever Wardlow does, people are into it. That promo he had in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, talking about his story, about his personal life, everything that he and his mom went through, I think that touched a lot of people. With him with an open mic, just saying what he wanted to say and did a great promo, I think that resonated with a lot of people. So for me, right now, whatever Wardlow does, people are into it. And what's cool about that as well, and this is what AEW has done to me really well storytelling-wise, where sometimes in the WWE, they just get, you know, it's you have this story, and then you have this story, and they're never connected, even though they're in the same WWE universe. So not only is MJF having to worry about Wardlow, but you see the bubbling under the surface of FTR and what's going to happen with the pinnacle on top of that and how that's connected and how, you know, he still hates CM Punk and CM Punk's going for the world title. And they're all, you're never that far away from connecting one story to another and making an even bigger storyline. And to me, again, to your point, Jay Hood, like that's what makes Wardlow MJF the pinnacle. That what's, that's what makes that storyline fun to me. Well, yeah, to your point, Gabe, I mean, the MJF CM Punk angle, as great as that was, is where the Wardlow build really started. Like, that was going on at the same time. And to Jay Hood's point, like, being at Revolution in Orlando, two of the biggest pops of the night were both Wardlow. Him winning the ladder match, him turning on MJF, I think he definitely is the hottest thing right now. Another one I'll throw out at you guys, it's a slow burn right now, but what about the elite and the super elite? I think Kenny being hurt sort of helps it, but that slow build to that ultimate six-man between those guys. Yeah, the undisputed elites as they came out this week with the stolen championships that they had from uh, from Adam Page. And again, you, you still have Adam Page and you've got the Jurassic Express who are still tied into that because the undisputed elites need something to do right now. So, again, you have a lot of wrestlers kind of tied into that different angle. Yeah, that's. I'm really curious to see what they do because I wasn't a fan of Adam Page running it back 
right away with, um, you know, with Adam Cole. So I'm curious to see how I feel about whenever they have their rematch for the AEW World Championship. Um, but yeah, that's that certainly is something that's you, you again, and that's the fun part about AEW. You see it coming. Now you're curious to see how they're going to end up telling that story and if it's going to be something that you enjoy. Where do you guys yeah, come down on the the Jericho Appreciation Society? Because I just cannot get into it right now. Uh, I think it's cool. Um, I like the idea of sports entertainment. That's, these guys say hey, we're sports entertainment because, you know, it gets heat, right? People don't like the idea of AEW wrestlers being sports entertainers. And so I think the next level is for Jericho to say, Okay, what's that? I'm sorry, what's my line? Okay, and then start doing that, right? Doing the whole script thing. If you really want to go after them, start doing stuff like that, right? And so I, I totally get it. I think it's all these gimmicks that Jericho's in is to try to elevate young guys, right? I mean, it, it's nothing that's going to be at the top of the card, Gabe. It's just something that Jericho's around a whole bunch of guys. Now, here's one thing we know about Jericho. That guy's a climber, right? If I align myself with young guys, then I'm, then I'm relevant. He's already a Hall of Famer. But when he's around other guys, he's just elevating another young crew, which I think is kind of cool. But this is just another gimmick from Jericho. I'm not surprised. I just can't get into the sports. I guess I can't get into the sports entertainment. It seems like they're taking a shot just to take a shot. You know, like you don't need to be taking the shot at WWE. I don't mind it in the storytelling, like in the MJF CM Punk, when they continuously reference WWE back and forth, it made sense within their storyline. I'm... I think there are better ways to get heat, and I think it's going to get tiresome of, oh, we're just sports entertainers. I think that I, I expect a little bit more out of Jericho because of how good he's been in AEW telling different stories, whether he's been a babyface or whether he's been a heel. Yeah, I agree. I think this was sort of the lone way to sort of get him to a heel because of the way he is and the way everyone you know reveres him. But I've been into it a little bit. I think the other thing also with him is, where does it end? Like, what does he put over? I think him losing to Eddie Kingston at the pay-per-view was a big deal, but who else do we see get put over? Because you assume they're going to have a rematch, and is Eddie going to win again? Are they going to give Kingston two wins over Jericho? Because, again, to your point, you know, it's interesting to see where it goes, but if they just end up doing 50-50, then all of a sudden it loses some of its steam. Uh, you know that. Jericho's got to get his win, brother. got to get <laughs> his know. win. That's just how it works with veterans, right? Yeah, like, I, okay, you beat me, I got to beat you. Now, that's the thing that we don't like about wrestling in general, right? Yeah. If he does if he does lose again, I'm totally fine with it. Kingston is over, too. He's one of those guys yeah. that when he comes out, AEW fans love him because of the story, who he really is. The reality-based um, stories of the wrestlers, I think, really matter to the, to the common wrestling fan because they read about him, they really know about the true story, and then they root for him. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and that's been really a hallmark of all the stories that Eddie's been in since he's been yeah. prominently featured on AEW. So we have some other stories we do want to get to. All right, look, I mean, AEW, they're the only one who doesn't really have a big show that they're putting on around WrestleMania. So we're going to kick out at one and restart the count. Right. What's our another top story here on the three count? We go back to number one, Brian. Well, AEW isn't working this weekend, but they sort of are. Ring of Honor with the relaunch. The first show of the Tony Khan era will take place Friday night with Supercard of Honor. So, guys, what do you want to see out of the new Ring of Honor come Friday night? All right, just quickly, let me run through. They have eight matches scheduled. They have Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito for the Undisputed ROH World Championship. Probably 
possibly the most anticipated of the night, Briscoe Brothers versus FTR, something that has been highly anticipated for the ROH World Tag Team titles. Swerve Strickland going to take on Alex Zane, Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty, Josh Woods versus Wheeler Yuta uh, for the ROH Pure Championship, Mercedes Martinez against Willow Nightingale for the interim ROH Women's World Championship. You have a mystery opponent for Ninja Mac, somebody who's going to be... managed by Tully Blanchard going forward. And then for the ROH World Television Championship, you have Rhett Titus against Minoru Suzuki. So a pretty good card um, for ROH, a mixture of, you know, some some older school ROH guys. When you look at Jay Lethal, some guys that did not have not, had not worked for Tony Khan, and then some AEW talent in there as well. Okay, so, Gabe, I guess that for me, the Briscoes and FTR, that, that's my main event. Uh, that's yes. the match I want to see the most. Um, I'm a tag team mark, so I, lo- I love FTR. And the Briscoes have been around ROH for a long time. So what we're seeing is some they're checking off some dream matches now, especially with FTR taking on the Young Bucks soon. Again, that's going to be another great uh, matchup that we haven't seen in a while. So I think that's the best match I want to see. I guess from my standpoint, I don't know what ROH is. I know what the brand was before they shut their doors. I'm not sure exactly how this reimagined brand is going to work. I think if I'm Tony Khan, it would just be a show that has super cards on it like this, right? Because I can't see them having weekly television, but apparently they will with Sinclair. I, I just um, – I, I hope that Tony Khan understands that the mistakes from the past have happened when the NWA, they were able to buy UWF and when Vince brought WCW and when he was able to capture ECW. You know, all of a sudden it's like, well, these are not my guys, so why does it matter? My hope is is that it doesn't get so watered down. I think that ROH has a super card type show, like we're going to see here for WrestleMania weekend, maybe another weekend where they just – I think that's the best way to do it because usually promoters fumble the ball. They fumble it. When they, ha- when they are able to buy a whole company, buy the library, and then to bring some of those wrestlers over, it usually doesn't work. So hopefully he'll be able to have a good plan because – Usually, it's just not a good idea. Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. Briscoe's FTR, I think, is definitely the highlight. The Briscoes have the shot to sort of be the, the MVPs of the weekend. Friday night alone, they're working FTR on the Ring of Honor show. They're working the Good Brothers on the Impact show. And they're also working Loki and Homicide at a WrestleCon show. So they are getting their work wow. in this weekend. And, you know, it's always fun to see them get that sort of chance. For me, the one thing I want to see is a reason to watch again. Because these sort of super shows... We see them on Wednesdays. We see them on Fridays. We see them, you know, every few months with AEW. So if they're going to be doing weekly TV or monthly TV or somehow streaming with HBO Max, I want a reason to watch. Because, yes, we, we all watched in the past, but they were definitely hurt by the pandemic. And those empty arena shows just didn't work for me personally where I wasn't really watching. This show, I'm excited. I spent the money. I already ordered it. I want to see it Friday night. But how do they get us back? Like, why do we want to keep going back? I think will be the thing. And does that mean putting the belts on some of those AEW guys? Like, does FTR leave with the Ring of Honor tag titles and then we see him on TNBS every week? And does that get you to want to watch, you know, more Ring of Honor wrestling? I, I'm just doubting, and I'm going to buy I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow night. I'm doubting that tomorrow night is what ROH looks like going forward because Tony Khan said it after Revolution in Orlando. You know, he was asked about it because the, the, the acquisition was still so fresh. And it, he, he heavily hinted that he sees ROH as his NXT, as a developmental, as a way to get young talent in there, develop them, and then bring them up to his main AEW roster on Wednesdays and Friday nights. So 
there are a lot of guys there that wouldn't be considered developmental. Even the, you know, Jay Lethal, certainly not that. He's on AEW now, and, and the Briscoes, I don't think, would be developmental. They've been around for so long. So I, I just don't think that what we see on Friday night is going to be representative of what ROH is going forward. And I don't even, I don't know if people are going to want to watch ROH going forward. There's so much wrestling already that's on yeah. television on a regular basis. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. I think what Tony does with this, if, if he indeed, indeed does make it developmental. I guess, I guess guys, my whole point is if ROH is going to be the developmental, what is AEW dark in it? What is AEW elevation right. for? What's the point of it? I, uh, to me, this is when you say, okay, I'm buying ROH ultimately for the library. Okay, I get that. I understand mm -hmm. that because there's so much good, great footage on there where wrestlers that are in AEW right now, they could be able to, through a streaming service, be able to go back and you can see some of those great matches. I, I just don't understand the, the point of ROH. Yes, I'll watch the show because I just like the card. But if it's going to be something that we will see on a, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, I'm not sure what I'm watching. Uh, let's let's make sure it's very clear on the show. Uh, Ring of Honor doesn't have any. They don't. They have very few superstars. The Briscoes are the best stars that they have. Look at the roster that they have before they close their doors. They don't have any stars. And and I know a number of those guys. Those guys were on the come in a fledgling company. That's what ROH was. And it's not their fault. It's just that you know uh, ROH just did not have the funding. Uh, the television network did not support ROH. And so I, I just don't understand the point of it. If, if it is, Gabe, if it's really about um, Ring of Honor being a system and a feeder system for AEW, then what, what's Dark and Elevation for? I guess that, that's my whole point. Well, that's why I think ultimately, like, I think you get rid of those YouTube shows because those aren't even developmental shows right now. Like, they're a chance for guys to get paychecks. Like, the amount of times where you see the results scroll across the bottom of Dynamite and it's, you know, marquee name versus someone you never heard of and it's just a local you know indie guy so maybe it is a chance to get some of these guys some work the jay lethals of the world the wheeler Yudas, who even though he's in an angle now sometimes get lost like my opinion originally when it came to this ring of honor show was let's see him punk and daniel bryan do a half hour it doesn't matter who wins because it's not an aew match and that's how you can spin it and that gets people excited to watch the show and then you feature some of these other guys because bandito and grissom for the world title you assume that's the main event that's not going to get anyone to want to watch again. Like, as great as those two are, and the storyline's there because, you know, Bandito had to miss their last show, so basically they have two world champions, what is it going to be? Like, maybe someone comes out after that match and sets the challenge right there. And maybe that's something where a Samoa Joe or a, you know, Cesaro or whatever name he's going to go by now, maybe that's the sort of thing where it's like, all right, these guys are going to work there for a little bit, and you almost treat it like a AAA club. Like, hey, these guys are getting ready their names, but they're not ready to be the big leagues yet, and you just sort of swap things out from time to time. I just like the game-changer model for ROH, Gabe. That's what I like. But monthly pay-per-views where it's must-watch, look at the stack card. It's happening all over the country, right? These You have these stack cards. Warrior Wrestling is in my backyard. They, they are in South Bend. They're in Wisconsin. They're in, um, they're in Chicago, the Chicagoland. I think that's best for them. Because otherwise, like, so if you do that, where's the television for this? Who's going to see this? Unless they have some kind of streaming service I don't know about. Uh, quickly, before we get to uh, question number two of the three count, because Brian mentioned CM Punk and Brian Danielson, you guys have to tell me if I'm crazy. Am I, am I connecting too many dots on my dartboard that has all the strings attached everywhere? If I happen to notice that both Brian Danielson 
and CM Punk ended their matches this week on Dynamite with a pile driver into their submission move. Is this, am am I reading too much? Is Punk joining the Blackpool Combat Club? (laughs) That's just bad booking. (laughs) That's what that is. Okay. That is, that is is, uh, Danielson watching the monitor is like, Hmm, pile driver. You know what? <laughs> I'll do that to Yuta. Like, I'll do that too. I believe that's what that is. So Yeah, I think that's called there. too much freedom. You don't have someone overseeing right. it, which everyone raves about, but then you get stuff like that. But we see it a lot with a lot of things are doubled up. It's like, oh, I've sort of already seen this. Like, the one pay-per-view where they're honoring Eddie Guerrero, where we start multiple matches do the same thing. It's like, all right, guys, maybe someone should check this off. Like, hey, I called dibs on this. I think that's really all that is. Yes. McMahon, would he would pop a blood vessel. If he, <laughs> first of all, there's no pile drivers. But to see right. him twice in the same show, he would go bananas. McMahon? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so I am crazy. All right. Just, <laughs> so we have that established. I'm insane. We go to question number two on the three count. All right, guys. WrestleMania weekend <laughs> is upon us. So what match will steal the weekend? Whew. So, the last time WWE had a one-night WrestleMania was pre-pandemic. It was 2019. And I remember being so excited after Kofi Kingston won the championship. I was exhausted and didn't have any energy for the rest of the show. But, because they were forced to go then to two nights, so they decided to do two nights in 2020 and 2021. I think it all kind of worked out, especially in 2020 when you had the cinematic matches. You had Undertaker's last ride with AJ Styles, which was a lot of fun. And I think it worked last year. I'm Right now, they have seven matches listed on each night. I, and, and they barely have enough matches between the 14, I think, to put together a decent pay-per-view card to make me excited. Um, if I had to pick the one that's going to steal the show, the one that we're talking about afterwards to me is going to be Edge versus AJ Styles. You've got two veterans. You have AJ, who's still one of the best in the world at selling, at making sure his opponent looks great. I'm not sure who wins that match. I think that leads to me that the intrigue surrounding it. So I'm going to say the one that steals the weekend and the one we're talking about most on Monday is Edge versus AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, the, the card is so thin, guys, that I could go along with that. I know that's not a, a sexy answer, but it's kind of like I could tell you Seth Rollins against TBA, but I don't know what the TBA is, right? I could tell you Seth Rollins against anybody. I mean, he's one of those guys he can wrestle a broom and get the broom over. He's just that good, right? And so, you know, I, I'd have to agree with you, and I've looked up and down this card. There's one, There's one positive. There's one positive, Brian, and that is – the card is so thin that the good matches, they can last 30 minutes. I mean, but, you can stretch it out. You but will they give them that out. time? That, that well, You're giving them the benefit of the doubt there. Will that happen? I mean, no. But, I mean, because <laughs> the card's so thin, I mean, Becky Lynch against Bianca, I could see them. I, if they went 20 or 30 minutes, I think they could do it. I think oh, that'd be, be awesome. That'd be fantastic. Will they get that much time? No, you got to get those – it's amazing. We pay for Peacock or we pay for pay-per-view and we're still getting commercials. Yeah. What the hell is this, right? We're still getting these big features. Uh, you know, Gabe mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Why is it that we have to be able to see the, the production pieces when we've been watching Raw SmackDown this entire time? There's a huge, a big-ass pregame show. Give me to the match. 
Give yes. me to the match. What? Got to give the whole five minutes, you know, Kevin Dunn piece. And then you got to have the big, long introductions and walkouts. And then you have the match, and it's, and it's cut short because of timing because you get because they're sponsored by Mars or whatever, right? And so I, I just – I think that – I have to agree with Gabe. I think that those two can put on a great show. But because the card's so thin, I can't come up with anything else that I think can steal the show. Yeah, because I know you're complaining about those pieces, man. But I know. I know in the last two weeks, you've gone on YouTube. You looked up the Limp Biscuit <laughs> one featuring the Rock and Stone Cold. What was that? X7? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> J-Hood feel. Yep, yep. I know you were looking it up on YouTube. You just had to get it in there. That's true. Well, that's the thing. So, like, timing-wise, like, you just look at it. Like, I think for something to steal a show, you sort of need that time. And, like, Becky and Bianca, like, why aren't they main eventing? Why isn't Charlotte and Ronda? Like, I don't know if that match is going to be great, but that probably shouldn't main event. But they're relying on, you know, the pump up of Stone Cold and everyone relying on that nostalgia factor. So, I agree with you guys. I think it's AJ Styles and Edge. I haven't loved the storyline. Like, I still don't even fully understand what the buildup is, but at least we'll get a good wrestling match there. But also with part of that, the back of my mind is we were so excited about AJ and Nakamura at WrestleMania, and that didn't quite yeah. live up to expectations. So you look at some of these, the Raw tag titles, that triple threat match, it was great on Raw a few weeks ago, but we just saw it. So now we're going to see it again with that triple threat match. Like, it's so disappointing. I agree with you, Gabe. Like, looking at the 14, I think I can get down to seven to make it one night, but, like, it's not great. Like, it's really just all the championship matches at that point. And then... Like, that's really it. Like, the celebrity matches. Like, I think this was the point that, like, oh, we really did cut a lot of people. Maybe we should save those cuts for May from now on so that we can get some other people in moving forward. Well, and this is the issue. When the card is this thin, if you want to talk about something stealing the show, it's because you overlooked it going in because you were excited about this match and that match. And when the card is so thin, it's hard to pick out something okay, this is what I think steals the show because there are just so many wild cards in this thing. And it's unbelievable. They split WrestleMania into two nights, guys. And yet we are not getting a U.S. championship match and we are not getting an intercontinental match. When intercontinental matches historically have really stolen the show at WrestleMania, they've had ladder matches. That's how Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, then Daniel Bryan won an intercontinental championship when he was able to, you know, come back at Mania and win the ladder match. Like the fact that, that, Finn Balor and Ricochet, two wrestlers that we are very well aware could steal the show, are off yep. this card and are current WWE champions. I can't make it make sense in my mind because you have plenty of time when you split this thing into two nights. Ah, uh, just a prop, pal. Those, that's just a prop. Those two match, those two belts don't mean anything, which is just unbelievably, it's just complete crap. It doesn't make anything. You mean two guys that can actually steal the show that we just mentioned, right? You can do title for title against those two. Those two can be able to carry the match. But they, you know, and you know what? Too much wrestling. That's the problem, right? Too much wrestling. Too much, uh, too much of uh, a good thing, right? Those two can actually steal the show, but that's not what Vince wants. I mean, he, sure, I, we all want to see Roman against Brock. We know that's going to be a great match. I know people are probably yelling at us like, well, that's going to be the steal in the show. That's not what we mean. We know that's the best match on WrestleMania. We're talking about the one that you'd be like, you know what, that Roman and Brock was good, but this match over here, this was good. It's kind of like the whole, you know, Hogan-Andre, but really Steamboat and Savage was the best match at WrestleMania three. So it's, it's one of those things where you look at it and say, well, who could steal it? It's Edge and AJ Styles. Gabe, you're 100% right. I mean, like, I can't, I can't give you anything else. You can't be in the main event unifi- unif- doing a title unification and steal the show. You can't do it. 
because everybody knows that's the big thing that's happening this weekend. Well, I'll throw this out to you guys. Like, how many times in the last few years when we look back on Mania Weekend, the match or the moments we remember come from TakeOver? That's not even a thought anymore. And, like, that's disappointing. It's 1 o'clock Eastern on Saturdays when TakeOver is going to be this weekend. But I think that, as a wrestling fan, it's sort of disappointing that we don't even think about TakeOver anymore. You're right, Brian. There has been a thought that, you know what, WrestleMania might suck before we got this NXT show. It's going to be red hot, right? And so I will watch Dolph. Is it Dolph and Braun Breaker? Yeah. Okay, that's all. I'll I'll be able to go to my my Peacock. Fast forward all the way to the end. Oh, Braun Breaker, I'll watch that match, and then that'll be it with that. I, because I'm not watching all these kids. I'm not watching these kids try to learn how to wrestle. I'm not. I'm gonna get two. I'm gonna get Braun Breaker, who is is going to be a superstar, and I'm gonna watch Dolph Ziggler, who should have been over this entire time, but the NXT champion. I will shuttle it all the way, Nigel, all the way to the end. And, and she's like, okay, there's the main event. Boom. Watch that match, and I'll report back to you on Thursday. Otherwise, I, I can't tell you anything about that show. It's not even takeover anymore. It's stand and deliver. Oh, I didn't even realize that aspect. Well, oh, yeah, they're really they're, they're trying to separate themselves from uh. previous branding, so they have to do the new branding going forward. Nope, not watching. <laughs> nope. It, it, it is a lot of wrestling to consume, so let's go ahead and get to our third question, Brian, in the three count. All right, guys, we talked about it. Roman versus Brock. The payoff finally comes Sunday night. What is the ideal ending to WrestleMania weekend? I mean, Roman's got to walk away with this, right? Like, Roman, the the one thing, and this is, I believe, the third time that they faced each other at Mania. He did not go over. Then the first time Seth Rollins stole the championship in the heist of the century, as Michael Cole yelled, um, which was a fantastic ending. I think Roman going over is the way to go here. I think he goes over Brock and continues his his march towards dominance. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Gable Stevenson, if they're going to strap that rocket to him right away. I don't know who ends this run that Roman Reigns is on, but I do not believe it is Brock Lesnar. I think Roman Reigns stands victorious at the end of WrestleMania Sunday. I like every week, Brock. I like it because it gives me something to watch. Guys, I like watching Brock out there every day. So, so here's what's great about this. It's the best Roman that we've seen because it's real Roman. It's a guy there that doesn't need to be scripted. Some bullet points just to try to get to the point, but clearly it's him. It's a personality. It's the best Brock that we've ever seen because Brock actually has the mic. He doesn't have Paul Heyman speaking for him. It's him. Okay, there's a little Bruce Pritchard in him because he's got a little bit of the Southern twang. He got the cowboy hat. That's all Pritchard. That's not Brock. But ultimately, it's Brock being himself. It's just, hey, here's point A to point B, fill in the rest of it. And you know what? Brock's having fun. I think it's the most fun he's had in the WWE. And the same thing with Roman. Roman's being himself. He's no longer saying lines like, suffering succotash, as he once did when he was in the WWE. He actually said that. I forgot that. about that. Yeah, I forgot which, about which, that. which absolutely fucking sucks, but he did. Okay? <laughs> and, but, but also, from Paul Heyman's standpoint, it's one of the best Heymans that we've seen. Paul Heyman, who's been in the middle of all this, it's the best story that WWE's had. And I could actually make the argument it's the best storyline in wrestling because of how all three of these guys are in this triangle. It's awesome. But I would love to see Brock win this matchup because I'd like to see him back out there. There was a time where people were asking for him, Gabe. They're like, man, he wins a championship and he's gone for two months. Where is he, right? He's like this absentee champion. But I liked him being out there, start the show, opening, got the mic open, 
having fun with the fans and all that, and then being still a badass. Uh, this it, it gives you '90s vibes when you see him out there when he's in backstage and doing stuff. It's some Attitude Era stuff, and uh, I enjoy it. I'm hoping Brock comes out on top of this one. Yeah, this has been the storyline. It's the only one they really seem to care about, and they're like, "Oh, we have to book two other two nights also in a, around this." Like, sure, great. I think it should be Roman. I think he deserves that moment to do it. In terms of how it ends, though, and this is definitely you know wrestling fantasy book, and I have a couple options. One. Roman wins, he's standing there, he's the king, he does it all. We get The Rock. We get that moment, and we get the one-year build to L.A. And it's Roman versus Rock next year. The other option I'll throw out there to sort of bring us full circle, what if that's where Cody is? And Cody comes Ooh. out to challenge Roman and does it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no? I mean, apparently yeah, Jay Hood's out. Yeah, out very on out. <laughs> but you know what? I love the visual, but then it's kind of like it's Roman and it's Cody. Yeah. Right? It just it just it's like Cody looking up at you know at the, the guy that says acknowledge me. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> you know just like because on paper like can you ever see Cody ever beating Roman? That's the only reason why you have these matches, right? Because you have to have that inkling in your mind. What if? What if he could could Cody ever beat Roman Reigns? Does that that doesn't even sound like a match I'd want to see right away? Seriously. Really? Well, what if that's no. what we've talked about before? Like, why is he going back? What if it's literally like his demand was, I'm beating Roman. I'm the one taking the strap off him. And then that's how he went back there. And then in nine months, he'll be Stardust again. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. He is going to be a GM type guy or just, see, it's a WWE, right? They say, well, we don't care about AEW. So what is Rhodes's, what's his role? What's he going to say? I mean, people are going to know he came from the other company. Is he going to say AEW on WWE TV? Sami Zayn did it. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what his role is, but imagine him out there with that overcoat, right? Like, he, he always wore the overcoat, which is so weird. It's Jacksonville, Florida. He had the, over, the overcoat, the full three-piece suit. He comes out there, and he's there looking up at Roman Reigns. It's kind of like, what, is Roman supposed to be scared? You're, you're little Rhodes. You're not even dusty. You're not even dusted. You're Cody Rhodes. Like, you're powerful as far as what you've done in the business. But as far as an opponent, uh, you let Taz check you. Yeah, you let Taz choke you out. You did see that, right? I mean, seriously. I, as, as fun as that could potentially be, I, I just don't think – I'm thinking back in, in WrestleMania history's J-Hood, and after the main event, the last match, because WWE, of course, is throwing all sorts of confusion of what the main event for Saturday is. Is it KO – the KO show, is it the Seth Rollins match? Is it um, Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair? But we know what the last match is that Sunday. And typically, once that's over, they let whoever wins, that person's standing tall. Like, they don't, at the end of other pay-per-views, they've had people re-debut, they've had people come out at the end of other pay-per-views, but WrestleMania seems traditionally, that last match, they let it speak for itself, Whoever stands tall stands tall, and whoever's challenging him next, that'd be a surprise for the Raw after WrestleMania. So the Rock comes out. <laughs> so, so, so I think we I think we settle that. the The Rock comes out, uh, and if uh, I'm thinking it's WrestleMania, and I I agree that's usually the case, but they need some juice going into Los Angeles. They're struggling to put fans in here in butts and seats in Dallas. Such a bad idea. Guys, it's just such a better. I mean, a two-night event. It's one of these things where you usually need a you need a stadium for a card, 
this this situation, this card needs a stadium. That's exactly what's happening here, right? This card needs a this card needs something big, uh, and it just just not there. I'd love to see The Rock come out though. Maybe Monday Night Raw. Who knows? I don't know if I could. Even if that's the way we go, I don't know if I could stand a year's worth of build for Rock versus Roman. Like, is Roman going to hold on to the cha- the belt for another year, and it's going to be for the championship? Although at this point, I have no idea who they have left right. to challenge. Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar like I don't know who's left to challenge whoever comes out on top on Sunday as like who's left to then have the undisputed champion face the rock makes the most sense well also you look at this card there's no like star building moment where it's like oh this person won the IC title in a classic like they're next like Who's it? I agree. Like, who is it going to be? Is it Paul? Is it McAfee? Like, what are they doing? (laughs) (laughs) Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that guy, he is built as a WWE superstar. Not as an AEW guy, not as as an indie guy. That guy is a WWE superstar. Through his veins, you can tell. Maybe that's the match that steals the show. Definitely definitely McAfee's going to do something crazy. You know, he's going to. He can go. Yeah, we know he can go. Like, he had good matches against Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that. But but I, but there's the point that we just hit on. Like, who's next? If Roman indeed wins, what's next? What's next? And that's all on the WWE. That's their fault. There should be a, a, a top 10 where you say, boy, I can't wait for Roman to take on this guy, that guy. But when you've beaten everybody or undermined this roster and made them less than, this is what you get. Yeah, and also you get the fact that, you know, what we've talked about, if night one ends with Stone Cold and night two ends with The Rock, the year is 2022. Like, what does that say about your development? Which, I mean, in fairness, they are now addressing, right? Because Vince did not know how to use the the guys coming up from NXT. Yes, you have Sami Zayn. Yes, you have Kevin Owens, guys who went through NXT. I mean, Roman Reigns went through NXT. Seth Rollins, but you knew how to use some. But really the last, what, four or five years? I mean, who's somebody that they brought up from NXT? I mean, that now we're talking Adam Cole. He's had over at AEW. We're talking about guys that no longer are with WWE because Vince didn't know what to do with them on a main WWE roster. So that's where that gap comes from of, okay, now who's next? Because they don't have it. So they may have to rush, as I mentioned before, Gable Stevenson, who hasn't done anything in the WWE, but they're obviously pushing as a giant name, want to make him Brock Lesnar-esque. Or... Do they strap it to Braun Breaker, who may win the NXT title on earlier on Saturday, but has wrestled what less than fifty matches in his in his career? Yeah, yeah. So um, I think I can see it now at Stanford. I knock on the door, Mr. Pritchard, come on in. Uh, Vince, uh, who's next after Roman? Well, goddamn, almost, pal, almost. He's a giant. <laughs> He's a giant. <sighs> Put him over 60 seconds against Lashley. And it's all like he's, he's going to put he's going to get put almost over against Lashley. That match will be less than two minutes. And then almost will be the next guy. I'm just, I'm telling you, uh, like, this is the way this company thinks, man. God damn. He's gargantuan. He's almost what? He's almost a wrestler. Uh, exactly right. He's uh, man. If, if Omos goes over Bobby Lashley, because Bobby Lashley could conceivably be someone to challenge next if presented the right way. But if he loses to Omos, which 
I'm probably betting on now after Jay Hood made a really good point there. Um, it's not going to be Bobby Lashley who's next. I think we can no. eliminate him from the list no, of possibilities. He's already been champion a couple times. No, yeah. it's like, it's, it's not Bobby. It's almost. Where does, uh, where does Seth, can Seth be that guy? I mean, but I know he tried it. I know he can be that guy, but I don't know if he is going to be that guy. But yeah, this like he's the, already been on the list. Like he's already been beaten. So like, what is the reason to believe that like, oh, he deserves a shot? Like, and I know it's WWE logic, so we just forget what's happened. Like we, the fact Seth is on the card because he asked, which you know, why is no one else doing that? Why is Ricochet not doing that? But he's already been beaten, so like it sort of takes away the luster. Yeah. Yeah, but he was, if if I remember correctly, it was not a clean finish to the point where they set up between him and Roman. They set up another rematch. And they just never got to it because they ended up doing some other things. Um, and 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 you can always tell a story with those two. I mean, sure. the shield will always connect Roman and Seth, and you can always tell that story. You know, I've been thinking about guys. Goddamn, Rich Holland. He breaks necks. Put him in there, <laughs> Rich Holland. I love him. He broke the kid's neck. It's great. Uh. No. <laughs> yeah. That's this, so. That's going to be the big the question. Yeah, yeah, that, that is part of the problem. That's going to be the big question, not just for WrestleMania, but obviously the Raw after Monday. Whoever wins between Roman, well, if Brock wins, I think it's pretty clear that Roman is still next because Roman is the guy in WWE. If Roman wins, the question becomes who's next? And I'm saying who's next? For the love of God, please don't be Goldberg. Please <laughs> don't give him oh, that please. idea. Do not be Goldberg. That has been our first episode of GKW. It's going to be, I think we are going to have some fun. Ultimately, there are some good matches hidden in that card. It may not be as deep as it has been in the past, but I still think we're going to have some fun this weekend, starting on Friday night with the ROH card. For Jonathan Hood, for Brian Rowitz, I'm Gabe Neitzel. This has been Good Karma Wrestling, GKW. Almost.